Next on BYUSN, will BYU football gain more from the transfer portal than the Cougars will lose this offseason? And is Zach Wilson one step closer to regaining his spot as the starting quarterback for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're asking the hard questions and trying to answer them today. It is Wednesday, December 14th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jason Shepard. Shep, I'm glad you got the memo to wear BYU clothes on the show today. Yes, I almost bought that exact hoodie this morning at the BYU store, which, by the way, is the official outfitter of BYU ah, fans yes, everywhere. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. On today's show, when the offseason is over, will the transfer portal be in favor of BYU football or against it? We will discuss coming up in What's Trending. I go one-on-one, -on -one, and I mean that in the interview sense, with Tyler Batty. What does he think of new defensive coordinator Jay Hill? And Zach Wilson makes a dream come true for one fan in our latest Deep Blue. Here are today's headlines. Hey, there's a lot of Zach Wilson news on the show, but first, BYU football continues preparation for the New Mexico Bowl. Saturday night primetime on ABC. Is Jaron Hall going to play quarterback? Here's what offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick had to say yesterday. Um, yesterday I thought he had a great chance to play. Today I'm, I would say his chances are not quite as good as I had hoped, but there's still a chance. Uh, I'm not a betting man, Jason, <laughs> but I don't think Jaron Hall is going to play based on what we deserve from Aaron Roderick. Yeah, I would, uh, I would not count on it, and then if you get surprised, we all get surprised. Blake Freeland receives AP Third Team All-American honors. Freeland is the third BYU lineman in the last three years to be named an All-American. Also, former Cougar offensive lineman Campbell Barrington, who entered the transfer portal last week, announced on Instagram last night that he is transferring to Baylor. Well, well, well. Reunited with Jeff Grimes. How about that? New York Jets head coach Robert Sala announces this morning that quarterback Zach Wilson has been promoted now to become the Jets' backup quarterback moving forward. Here's the coach on Zach's move up the depth chart. Uh, Zach, Zach's been doing a great job. Um, he, he has, he's, he's been deliberate in, in his approach over the last three weeks. Um, he's been holding himself accountable with regards to how he wants to attack practice, uh, how he's been performing in practice, going against our defense, which I think is a pretty good defense to go against. And, uh, and working on all the different things that uh, we've been asking him to accomplish. Mike White is the projected starter, though he was banged up pretty considerably in that loss to the Bills on Sunday. Wilson, White, and the Jets face Jamal Williams and the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Aaron Livingston and Heather Knighting of BYU Women's Volleyball were named ABCA All-American Honorable Mentions, the second ABCA All-American Honor for Knighting and the first for Livingston, so congratulations to both of them. This marks 12 straight seasons where BYU has had at least one player receive ABCA All-American honors. On to swimming, Josue Dominguez and Javier Nicholas will compete in the 2022 FINA World Swimming Championships in Melbourne, Australia. Dominguez will compete in four events throughout the week and Nicholas will compete in five. Good luck to both of those gentlemen. And former BYU basketball guard Josh Shear Hardnett signing in Syria with BC Tishreen. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. Yeah, hey, yeah. You gon' feel when I shake it. You gon' feel when I shake it. 
That's a great question. How are you going to feel? How are we all going to feel when BYU takes the field on Saturday against SMU in the New Mexico Bowl? And more importantly, how are we going to feel when the game ends and we know who actually is going to play quarterback? But it's a topic for another day, Jason, okay? The topic today is all about the transfer portal. Hey, we live in the moment, and the moment right now is about the transfer portal with all the news and rumors swirling on yep. social media. We've seen some things come to fruition with BYU losing, most recently, Campbell Barrington to Baylor. And then there are rumors about some high-level quarterbacks that have been visiting BYU and are visiting BYU right now, not to mention a running back out of the Pac-12. So my question for you today is, will the transfer portal, when all is said and done, have given more then it has taken away from BYU this offseason. Well, and the, the operative words there are when it's all said and done, right? Because right now we don't know. The only thing that we know right now in terms of the transfer portal in BYU is that guys have left. Nobody has come in as of yet. Now, obviously, we expect that to happen. It's only a matter of time. But right now, all we can look at is the guys that have put their name in the portal and are expected to leave. Now, we know that three have already signed elsewhere, and have, you mentioned Campbell Barrington going to Baylor, and then Tate Romney and Jacob Conover have already uh, announced that they're going to Arizona State. Now, the others still don't know. Um, there's still obviously a chance. Just because somebody goes into the portal doesn't mean that they're automatically leaving. There's BYU's re-recruiting yes. Keenan Peely. There, there's an opportunity for any of these guys to come back that have not already signed with somebody else. So right now it's sort of an incomplete because we don't have the other part of the equation. All we have right now is who's left. What we hope is that certainly the people that BYU gets to come in outweighs the losses of those leaving. But right now we just don't know that. Obviously, and you referenced it, there are a lot of high profile players that are out there that have taken visits. There's probably a lot that we don't even know have probably taken visits, or certainly that BYU has reached out to. But until, until we have more of an idea of what's coming back, it's very difficult to answer that question. The hope is certainly, though, that when it's all said and done, the players that come in outweigh those that have left. 10% of college football, and that's a rough estimate, is in the transfer portal. Yeah. It's absurd how many players are in the transfer portal. And it's early, and typically... But by nature of what happens here, like you're going to lose more before you get more because guys go into the transfer portal and that's the news, right? Yeah. Well, I'm leaving this school. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. All these guys are leaving. Well, then it takes time for those guys that are in the portal to decide where they are going. So this is just natural flow of this whole thing. Right now it feels bad yeah. because, oh, BYU's losing all these guys. When are they going to get somebody? It's going to take time. Naturally, yes. it's going to take time for all of the other guys that are looking at BYU to decide if they want to come to BYU. And so it's, it's a waiting game. You have to be patient. Again, and the, by nature of just the timeline of all of this. And the transfer portal, correct me if I'm wrong, the window to enter the portal goes through the 18th or 19th of January, right? So there's, there's over a month left where there can be maneuvering of guys. And look, here's the other part. And I, I want to preface this comment by saying, I say this without knowledge of specific things. I say this as because it makes sense. There's probably going to be more guys 
that are waiting for the bowl game to be played. And then after the bowl game, they may put themselves in the transfer portal. And I mean that from a BYU standpoint and certainly from other schools that BYU may have interest in. So once all the bowl games are done, there's probably going to be more names in there, again, on both sides of this equation. Okay, so I'm just going to paint a, a very, very simple picture for everyone that's watching or listening and for you, Jason, and just go by the stars that are associated with the players that have left BYU or have announced that they are leaving BYU. And we'll start with Logan Fano. That one to me feels like the biggest hit that BYU has taken so far. He's going to the University of Utah. We felt like he would be an integral part of BYU's defensive line, four-star guy. Now he's going just down the road to Salt Lake City. That to me is the biggest hit thus far. Then there's Keenan Peely. But we don't know where Keenan Peely is going to go. I don't think it's going to be Utah. I think he's testing the waters. I think that, you know what, he's doing his due diligence and he's taking a look at what else is out there. He's graduated from BYU. He helped BYU beat Utah in 2021. I have no hard feelings for Keenan Peely. He's awesome. I hope he comes back. But he's a three-star linebacker. Then there's Jacob Conover. I know he has four stars, but he never really had a chance to do anything at BYU. Aaron Roderick and the coaching staff didn't feel like he was the guy, clearly, to put enough trust in him to make him want to stay. So those are probably the three biggest names right now. And I would agree with you. Dallin Holker, for me, is fourth on that list. Holker, three-star tight end. He probably surpassed Jacob Connor while he was at BYU in terms of prominence because he saw the field and he had a, you know, a more significant contribution. So semantics, you can flip-flop those guys. Holker, three. Conover, four. Will BYU get a couple of four stars or one four star and then three three stars in positions that they need. I think they will in the transfer portal. And starting with the quarterback, we can't talk specifics. I've already gotten myself in trouble with not being able to mention specific names on this show in the past week, but I'm not going to go down that road and get myself in trouble with the bosses. I'm not going to say names, but it's out there. The news is out there that a three-star quarterback in high school, and I think he's ascended to a four-star. He almost became a five-star when he won an award in his conference. There's a big-time quarterback that BYU played against in the recent past that has visited BYU. There is another four-star quarterback who is visiting BYU right now, and BYU is pursuing a four-star running back who is very interested in coming to Provo. BYU is not going to get all of them. I think they'll get one of those quarterbacks, especially if and I think when Jaron Hall announces that he's going to go to the NFL. Who knows if they get this highly recruited running back, but yes, the, the opportunities and the players are out there. But by nature of the calendar and what has to happen first, you just got to wait. And, and so it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to even yes, out. It is. And it, look, it, it has to as well. Because BYU has, has even has said publicly they will be active in the transfer portal because they know, that, number one, that's the way that college athletics is going now. It, it is what it is. It, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. That's now the way collegiate athletics works. The transfer portal is a part of it whether you like it or not. And BYU has said we know we have to utilize the portal to help our roster. And clearly, if... The guys that we talked about ultimately do leave that are still remain unsigned or have not officially transferred. You know, obviously there's a chance they come back, as you mentioned, and the hope is certainly that sure, Keenan Peely sure. or others maybe. Terrence Fall hasn't announced where he's yeah. going. Look, and quite frankly, you, you mentioned Dallin Holker. I'm a bit surprised that 
wherever he's going, and there were a lot of rumors as to where he was going, that he hasn't announced because it kind of felt like when he left, he left with something specific in mind and we haven't heard anything yet. So that one is a little surprising that we have not heard from for anything on that front. But look, the, the question is, when it's all said and done, is it, is it going to be more in favor than against BYU? To your point, we can't answer that right now. The hope is certainly that it is. But we have to give this time. And right now we're in this, we want answers now. We want w- wins now. Sure. It, it goes against what we all want, but we're just going to have to wait to see it all play out. Because there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes that will just take time to get done. It will even out overall. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that BYU is going to get a four-star defensive lineman to replace Logan Fano, but they'll get a four-star and another position group that they don't get somebody on the defensive line. So the overall dynamic of what BYU is going to pick up in the transfer portal compared to what they lose, I feel like that is going to be dead even. I'm not ready to say it's going to be better. Maybe it's a little bit better because BYU brings in some new blood and BYU is going into the Big 12. That is advantageous for the Cougars. Hey, come now, year one of the Big 12, help BYU take the ascension as they move into a Power 5 conference. There are going to be some players that otherwise would not look at BYU. Now because BYU is a Power 5 team. That's how the nature of the business works. BYU is going to have more money. They're going to have more opportunity for NIL, bigger product, bigger deal, more season ticket sales. There's more money flowing in, more NIL opportunity for guys that maybe are not really thinking about going to BYU that otherwise are saying, hey, okay, now now I'll look at BYU. Yeah, I want to play against Oklahoma and Texas at least for one year. I want to play against TCU. I want to go to Waco and play against Baylor. You bet. You mean to tell me if, if a school like BYU that has the history it has with quarterbacks, and again, we're all assuming that Jaron is going to take that next step to go pro. I mean, that just seems to make sense. You, you can't tell me that the opportunity to play at this school with this offense going into the scenario that BYU is, BYU doesn't always have a starting quarterback spot open when you're going into the Big 12. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. So, so the opportunity is there unique. to get somebody of significance. The quarterback situation is not going to be a problem because of what BYU has done in the recent past. Under Kalani Satake, Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, and we think now Jaron Hall, three quarterbacks, potentially all in the NFL at the same time, right? right? We'll see how long Taysom Hill plays. We'll see when Jaron gets in the NFL. But we think that there are going to be three former BYU quarterbacks on active NFL rosters next season. That matters, which is why BYU is not going to have trouble garnering interest from some of these and already have notable quarterbacks. It's going to be tough on the defensive line. That one, that one stings the worst for me. Like, oh, I hate the BYU lost Logan Fano and then he's going to the University of Utah because BYU needs help yes. on the defensive line. That's up to Jay Hill and Kalani Satake and company now to try and even that out. That, that to me is where the biggest void is. But overall, at worst, it's going to be even. We'll see. Maybe they surprise us. Speaking of the coaches at BYU, maybe they go out and just crush it in the transfer portal and BYU is elevated a little bit. But, I mean, the doomsday thing, I'm, I'm past it. Recruiting's, recruiting out of high school is a separate conversation. Yes. I know that that is a sore spot for sure right now. This is strictly transfer portal. And if you lose some guys in recruiting out of high school, you can at least put a Band-Aid fix on that with a transfer portal. And, yes, that's why it's there. 
And it is the, it's the way that you can get around the situation that BYU is in right now is to be able to have access sure. to players like that. Well, what has BYU gained from the transfer portal, Spencer? I've had people ask me, the Nakua's? Yeah. Did that work out for BYU? You think? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, there have been some guys in the past years that have really made a difference. Our question of the day is this. Will the transfer portal give more than it has taken away from BYU this offseason? Adam Gibby answers on Twitter. Depends on how you look at it, says Adam. Overall players, I doubt it. But a big-name quarterback or a combination of wide receiver defensive line who start on day one would add more value than all the value BYU has lost combined. If you can go get a great quarterback and it pans out, there's no guarantee that it will, yes. but if it works out, a solid quarterback can be an absolute game changer, program changer. If we're being honest, it's a lot of pressure on that position, but it carries it by nature, right, of, of what you do as a quarterback. You're the guy. BYU gets one of those, people are going to be feeling a lot better about all of the heartache that they've been feeling over the past couple weeks about guys that are leaving the program. All right, in case you missed BYU basketball with Mark Pope, Greg Rubel, and the coach look back on a wild win over number 21, Creighton, and then looked ahead to Western Oregon and a team by the name of Utah coming up this week. Watch it on demand on the BYU TV app. Up next, we do flip our attention to the New Mexico Bowl as Jason Shepard dares to go one-on-one -on -one with BYU defensive Tyler me. Batty in an interview format. What's Tyler expecting? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Play-by-play, play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Tyler Batty, one of the defensive linemen that has been a consistent contributor for the BYU defense. I had the pleasure of talking with Tyler earlier this week. Here is my one-on-one -on -one conversation with BYU defensive lineman Tyler Batty. All right, Tyler, what have the last few weeks been uh, since the regular season ended? It seems like a lot's been going on. Yeah, uh, a lot has been going on. So uh, it's it's been nice, you know, to ha have a little bit of break, uh, you know, like like a bye week again, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, in the midst of that, yeah, a lot of a lot of changes have gone on with the program. So let's let's talk about that. You get a new defensive coordinator in Jay Hill, and I know everybody's really excited about it. What uh, what were your thoughts when when you heard the news? Um, I'll, you know, also. Uh, excited and, you know, kind of bittersweet moment. Um, you know, I, I love, I love coach Tuiaki and, uh, you know, everything that he's done for us and done for the program. And so, um, that's been really awesome. Um, at the same time, you know, change is always, uh, interesting and uh, exciting. So, um, Jay Hills, he's an awesome guy, you know, for my interactions with, uh, with him since he's been down here uh, and I'm really excited to work with him. So, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Have you guys, cause I know he addressed the team he addressed the defense, of course. Have you guys had an opportunity to have many one-on-one -on -one conversations with him, or has he just been so busy that that stuff will just take place a little bit later on? No, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely made an effort uh, to interact one-on-one -on -one with all the players on our team, right? Not just you know the defensive guys only, 
Um, and so uh, it, it has been cool, you know, and just those those moments just to talk to him and get to know him and uh, just kind of get for a feel for who he is. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. When he was a guest on BYU Sports Nation, he was asked about what he wants the defense to look like. And he kept talking about he wants it to be an attacking defense. He wants to be able to attack, attack, attack. I got to imagine, you know, being on the, the defensive line, hearing something like that, that's got to be music to your ears. Yeah, it is. 150%. <laughs> I, like the, I like the words he's been using to describe the, the defense. And, and I'm really excited. Um, yeah, that that gets me <clears throat> super excited just for our defense and style of play. And so, uh, yeah, just be able to go get after offenses. Before we look ahead to the bowl game, let's go back a little bit just to the season. How would you characterize this year, maybe from a personal standpoint for yourself, but also from a team standpoint? Yeah, um, it was a battle, you know, all year. Uh, you know, there wasn't a there wasn't a single game where we didn't, you know, have to come out and, and play, you know, as our best and give our best effort. You know, it was it was just a battle all year long. And uh, we had, you know, we won some, we lost some, uh, we struggled, you know, here and there. But uh, overall, I think it was a really good year for the team. I think, uh, you know, there's there was a ton learned. Um, there's a lot of experience, uh, you know, given to younger guys on our team, which I think is important. And so, uh, you know, overall, yeah, it was it was a battle, but uh, it was, you know, it was a good year. And how can how, how bad can it really be when you're out there playing football? You know what I mean? So that's right. I'm grateful for that. Well, look, I mean, we, when you're when you're battling and you're you're having all these games that you're having to fight and claw. I guess one of two things, or maybe even a, comp a combination of both, you know, it, it, it can either, it can either wear a team down or it can build character. And again, maybe it's, maybe it's a hybrid of both. How do you think you guys handled it? Did it, did it drag you down or, or did it build character as the season went on? I think, like you said, it, it was both uh, just in different moments, right? You know, when we, when we, you know, lost to Oregon, that was, that was really tough. Um, and then, you know, the month of October, you know, you lose one game, lose another game, uh, you know, and then we, just, you know, we lost two more after that. That was that was really tough. Uh, and so it was agonizing. But at the same time, I think it's just. Yeah, it's made us a, a much better team. I think it's there was a lot of growing that happened there. And so uh, as hard as it was, I think it's going to help us next season and the year after and the year after. Right. Um, as those guys, you know, kind of remember what we went through and uh, and are able to still use and draw from that experience. So. So let's talk about the bowl game. How has the bowl prep gone as you get ready for uh, the matchup with the Mustangs? Good. Yeah. Just, you know, back uh, back on the field, practicing back in pads. Um, it's It's been really good. It's been really good. So I know the coaches always talk about, you know, they really want to, you want to go to the bowl game because obviously that means you have a successful season and whatnot, but they always talk about wanting those extra practices. Are, are the players as keen on being excited for the extra practices at this point of the year? You know, maybe not the extra practices per se, um, but uh, just, yeah, the, another opportunity to go play football, right? Um, that's something we don't get tired of. You know, you just get to go play and have fun and, and hang out with your guys and, and so we're, we're really excited. We're really excited. What do you make of this SMU offense? Really good quarterback, explosive offense. They are going to be down their best receiver, but obviously, you know, they've, they've got other weapons. What, what stands out to you about this, uh, this SMU offense? Yeah, just like you said, they're explosive. Uh, and, 
and they have they have an identity right as an offense uh, you said it uh it's just they are they're they're gonna come out and they're gonna run it and they're gonna sling it and they're gonna get after it and try to put as many points up on the board as they can um and and they've proven successful right uh you know throughout their season and doing that and so um i'm excited we're excited for the opportunity to, to play that type of offense and um just take yeah everything that we've learned throughout this season and and you know, put a, a, an even better product on the field uh, for this bowl game. So we're super excited. Well, and I know that the way that the bowl game ended for for the team last year, that that's not the way you wanted to end the season. And regardless of what bowl you're in, you want your last game to be a, a, a victory so you can take that confidence and momentum into the offseason. Is that how you guys are looking at it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, throughout this season, I've mentioned a couple times, uh, you know, we've, we've had statement games, right? Games that we're going to go out there and make a statement uh, and, and this is just another one of those games, right? We, uh, we need to go make a statement. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Where we're playing or who we're playing. Um, but it's just a game that we need to go out there and, and we need to play, you know, at, at our highest level, you know, the best we can and, and yeah, end the season and on a really strong note. How are you personally? And I'm sure every guy is going to handle things differently, but this time of year, you know, it's guys that are kind of deciding if they're going to play in a bowl game, if they're going to maybe sit things out and get ready for a pro career. Obviously, the transfer portal's now involved heavily. Um, how do you handle seeing guys maybe enter the portal and and guys that you've kind of went to to battle with? How do you handle seeing that happen? Um. Yeah, you just, you know, I want the best for them. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so wherever they can find success, you know, like you said, we have been to battle to, together and, and we've, you know, we've been through a lot together. And so, um, you know, I love those guys, you know, any, any of our guys that, that hit the transfer portal, I've, you know, nothing but love for those guys and, um, you know, hope they succeed wherever they end up. And so um, at the same time, it is, you know, a little sad, you know what I mean? To, to lose those guys. Um, but, you know, it's an opportunity to bring some more guys on and, uh, and, you know, kind of keep, keep what, their players that have left, you know what I mean, and are leaving, you know, what they've left behind, keep that rolling forward and just keep improving. You know, we've spent so much of this year talking about this being the last year as an independent. Everybody's so excited about making the transition to the Big 12. We're finally at the actual last game as an independent. Is it crazy to think about that? I mean, do you, have you even given much thought of that? Um, honestly, no, but now that you mention it, yeah, that is uh that's wild to think about. Yeah, this is the last game that we'll play um, outside of a conference for who knows how long. Uh, that that's you know that's weird, but uh, but exciting. Yeah, yeah, again. So so what are you what are you most looking forward to heading down to Albuquerque? Um, you got you got the game. You got the you got the swag that's coming your way for all the bowl games. What's what's got you most excited about this matchup? As as you guys get ready to head down there this weekend. Yeah, um, clearly the game, right? Get to go play, yeah, one more time uh, with the guys and uh, just, you know, have fun playing football. Um, I have a sister down in Albuquerque, uh, and so I'm excited to go down and, you know, see her and and have her at the game. That's going to be really cool. Um, and honestly, yeah, just to to cap this season off and, and just, you know, make it an even more memorable season by yeah, beating SMU and just, yeah, really, really excited for everything that the bowl game entails. 
All right, Tyler, uh, before we let you go, we'll give you the uh, the BYU Sports Nation karma as you guys head down to Albuquerque to face SMU. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. It's always a pleasure to see you and to talk to you. Uh, appreciate it, and good luck against the Mustangs. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Tyler Batty on BYU Sports Nation. Jason, I can't help but wonder what Jay Hill is going to <laughs> do with a key defensive lineman like Tyler Batty. Look, I, I will I will tell you this. So part of my job, so I, I'm the, the, the pregame, halftime, and postgame host for football and radio. So part of my pregame prep is I will reach out to the opposing coaches for an interview. Um, sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's coordinator, but I, I will tell you, um, there have been on many occasions when I ask about the BYU team, what stands out to you to these opposing coaches, they bring up Tyler Batty specifically. 92. They're, it's oh, exactly I'm what they say. 92. That's what they say every single time is, oh, well, I know where 92 is. They know what he's capable of, and I'm so glad that he's in a situation that he is yeah. to be with this program heading into the Big 12. He is going to be such a key contributor. There's more there. Tyler knows it. Yep. Jay Hill knows it. Kalani Satake knows it. And we know it. There's more there from Tyler Batty. Yeah. I can't wait to see how that evolves. All right, BYU basketball back in action on Thursday night, hosting Western Oregon. Coverage begins with BYU Sports Nation game day at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Up next, how big of an underdog do we expect BYU football to be, according to our friends in the desert, by the time kickoff happens on Saturday night? It's almost a touchdown right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Maybe. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Shall we whip it? Let's whip it. Let's do it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. SMU opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cougars. It's now at five-and-a-half, so yep. it's moved three points. How big of an underdog do you expect BYU to be by kickoff on Saturday? Probably close to seven points. Yeah. The more that people find out that Jaron Hall is most likely not going to play, it's going to make it a huge deal. It already has. Like, that's why it slid from 2.5 to 5.5 is because people are becoming privy to that information. Yeah. And they're reading into what offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick just said. Like, eh, it doesn't look good. I, would, I wouldn't be shocked to see it slide all the way to 6.5 or 7 by the time we kick off on Saturday night. Yeah, see, 6.5 is kind of the number that I had in my head. And I, for the same reasons that you did, I mean, as soon as there's more specific news on personnel specifically at the quarterback yes. position yes then that's that line's going to move so yeah I'm, I'm with you right around six and a half is kind of what i thought it got to one and a half like it was kind of going back and forth and then the jaron hall news broke like oh i might we just saw a massive plummet in that line also the over under of the game like we saw it, it dropped 72 now it's like down around 64. yeah jaron hall creates a lot of offense so don't be shocked to see it kind of slow down and so byu wins they score 62 points, and SMU gets a safety. Oh, that's that how that's going to work? I think that's how that's going to work. 64 points total, 62 to 2. I think that's, I think that's how this one's going to This work. feels like first to 30 wins, Jason, and that's a Probably. significant number because yeah. SMU 0-4 this season when they have not scored 30 points. That's the key. Yeah. Slow it down. 
and do anything you possibly can to keep SMU from getting to 30, you got a shot. Let's do it. All right. Zach Wilson is being promoted to the New York Jets backup quarterback position. I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. At least he's active. Yes, that's true. And starter Mike White is limited in practice right now. That from his head coach Robert Sala this morning after leaving with bruised ribs on Sunday. What are the chances Zach Wilson takes a snap for the Jets this week? Uh, I think they're actually, I think they're greater than 50-50. I, I mean, I don't know how high, but look, we saw the types of hits Mike White took against the Buffalo Bills. He went to the hospital yes. after the game. The man went to the hospital because he had just gotten beat up by the Bills defense. I, I think there's a, I feel like it's likely that he takes some snaps. Whether that means he starts the game because Mike White, as the week progresses, can't go, or he gets takes another hit from the Lions defense and then Zach has to come in, I think it's quite likely that we see Zach Wilson on the field. I think Mike White's gonna start. He's a gamer. Clearly, he's a tough guy. But and he doesn't want to lose his job. Exactly. And that's what's factoring into this heavily. Like, he has the support of the locker room, of his coach, his teammates, his wide receivers. But if he is incapable of doing the things that the Jets need him to do to win the game, and the offense is stalling, and it gets ugly and weird, don't be shocked to see Zach Wilson come in, especially sometime in the second half, and try and ignite something because Zach's more healthy yes, than Mike yes. White. I, I'm telling you, I would absolutely, not because of any injury, but for what, for, to have Zach Wilson come into the game and to have him just tear it up would be awesome sure. to see. I'm putting like 30% that we see Zach take snaps on Sunday. Interesting. All right, there's currently a 91 spot difference between BYU basketball's ranking in Ken Palm and its net ranking. Good grief. So it's 183 in net. And in Ken Palm, it's 92. Which do you put more stock in right oh, now? Oh, blue goggles firmly affixed. It's clearly 92. I don't know why I'm talking like Jerry Seinfeld, but I am. What's the deal What's with the, the difference? Deal? 91 spots. That's quite a difference. It's probably somewhere in between, Jason. I feel like that's extremely fair with what BYU's resume is to date. They have two inexplicable losses. One to South Dakota. And the way they lost to Utah Valley by 15 at home. Like those two, I'm just like, huh? But then BYU erases a 23-point deficit against Dayton, and they beat Creighton, even though Creighton was down Ryan Kalkbrenner. I know. Still, BYU won those games, and so there's this kind of balance, right? So regression to the mean yes. is what we call it. If we're going 91 spots, let's go 45 spots up from Ken Palm and 45 down from the net rankings. People tell me not to do math live on the air, yes. but I'm totally okay with it. So that would put BYU right around 138. I, I just want to know what is different with these algorithms that there is that big of a difference between these two rankings. Look, yeah. here's, here's the way I'm looking at it. I'm not going to apologize for it either. Blue goggles, like permanently fixed on my eyes. I'm going to go with Ken Palm because it, it speaks highly, speaks more highly of BYU basketball. Because so they're efficiency I'm putting more ratings. stock in the Ken Palm rankings. Yeah, their efficiency ratings are good. It's largely based on defensive and offensive efficiency. So BYU's number is higher there. But I'd say it's probably fair somewhere in the middle. It, One, prob it probably is. It probably 138 is. 138 for me. It's very specific. Former New Orleans Saints All-Pro quarterback Drew Brees, a Purdue alum, is apparently going to be part of the Purdue coaching staff for the Boilermaker Citrus Bowl showdown this with cool. LSU. This is cool. He's helping fill the shoes of departed head coach Jeff Brom. Very cool. 
If BYU were to do something similar for this Saturday's New Mexico Bowl, which former player would you like to see coaching with the Cougars on the sideline on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I actually, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I've got a couple, I've, I've narrowed it down to two. One, off the top, I'm going to go with Kyle Vanoy. Okay. Kyle Van, because we're, we're talking about the defense. The defense is okay. the side everybody's kind of paying attention to to slow down this SMU offense. So I, I want Kyle Vanoy because the guy is not going to take any guff. He's going to tell it like it is. And he could come in and motivate. We've already seen him in some of the videos that it, when he's, he's come and talked to the team. So Kyle Vanoy. The other, maybe, this is my got my backup, Brady Papinga. Oh. Because, look. Wow. Two Papingas? I don't know, is that Papingai? I don't know. But <laughs> I'm telling you, you get Brady and Kelly together. The Papingai? <laughs> Just saying. You can't go wrong with two Papingas, right? Okay. For me, first guy I thought of, John Beck. BYU needs the quarterback whisperer. Yes, very nice. On the sideline with Cade Fennigan. Remember, John Beck played a good deal of his senior season, Jason with a high ankle sprain and was still awesome. Kate Fennigan has an ankle sprain. Jaron Hall's dealing with an ankle injury for that matter. Get the quarterback whisperer who has been through that pain and knows how to work that injury and still compete at a high level on the sideline. John Beck, 100% would be the guy that I want to see with BYU on Saturday night. Okay, last one. Um, we continue to send our love and support to the family of Mike Leach after learning of the death of Mississippi State head coach and obviously BYU alum, um, there were a lot of stories that were shared about Coach Leach yesterday and have been on social media and all the different uh, you know, sports shows. What was your favorite Mike Leach moment that was shared yesterday or maybe that you have one of your own? Uh, I love the Lincoln Riley story where he's talking about Coach Leach answering a phone call and he's on the phone, I wanna say for like 30 minutes, then the call drops off calls right back, talks to the person for like another 30 minutes, like an hour long phone call. He gets off the phone and Lincoln Riley asks Mike Leach, like, well, who was that? And he's like, oh, they had the wrong number. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's Mike Leach. Yeah. He'll talk to anybody and make you feel great. Uh, I love that. Also, off the radar one, the, the fact that he may have played football at Pepperdine on campus. He graduated from yeah. Pepperdine as well. Yeah. Okay, with the Masters. Yeah with apparently a serial killer in Los Angeles. Yeah, the LA Night Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine yeah. hearing that story at Pac-12 Media Days? The reporters that said they heard it were like, what? Okay, they never got the name, but he said, yeah, I played I played football on campus Pepperdine with uh, apparently a serial killer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> see you later, guys. Gotta go do another interview. Yeah, there, there were a lot. I, 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 th I don't know if it's specific. The, the, thing, the thing I will remember about him, and it, and it pertains to BYU, is how much he talked about BYU and how much he followed it. It was his school. He loved it. He yes. loved everything about yes. BYU. Yes. And it wasn't just football. It was obviously rugby because he was a rugby player. But he would follow BYU, and I absolutely loved somebody of his stature and his national prominence being so positive yeah. about BYU. I thought it was fantastic. Sure. Yeah, and guess what? He had an LDS backdrop. Yes. He was a religious dude, even though he was kind of uh, he, he even a said, wild card. He said, look, I have a lot of bad habits, but he still talked about every day reading the Bible. He's talked about reading the Old Testament and the New Testament and reading the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants. I love it. It was fantastic. It was great.
Very cool stuff. All right, listen, as BYU basketball hosts Western Oregon tomorrow, I will have Cougar pregame live beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Check it out on BYU Radio. Up next, the latest Deep Blue feature introduces us to one of our true blue heroes who got to meet his hero in New York. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is time to go deep blue with an extraordinary and inspiring young BYU fan named Evan Allen, who is battling a serious disease but doing so with the love and support from BYU football and the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Their efforts helped Evan realize one of his dreams recently. This is Deep Blue. So what I do in the mornings is I wake up, go downstairs and do therapy. I do these therapies to help me feel better so I can play with friends and do football and other activities that are really fun. Then I go eat breakfast then I change and brush my teeth and then I get ready for school and then we leave. Evan was born in 2013 and he was just a beautiful, healthy boy. We were so happy. And he was growing like he should have been. And at five weeks, we got a call from the pediatrician that he needed to meet with McKay and I outside of office hours. And so we knew at that moment that something was probably wrong. The doctor told us that he had cystic fibrosis. They told us the next day we had to go to Primary Children's in Salt Lake. And they taught us there about the severity of the disease, the medications and the therapies that would hopefully extend, not save, but extend his life. CF is a lung disease that puts mucus in my lungs and makes it harder to digest food and breathe. And it's just different from being normal from normal, normal kids. I remember that we both looked at each other and he said, we're gonna do whatever we have to do. We'll make whatever sacrifices we need to make. We'll move wherever. We'll find and spend whatever amount of money we need to spend. We want no regrets. Like we wanted to know that at the end, we did everything we could for our son. To ensure that he has the longest, healthiest life possible. He was in and out of the hospital when he was younger. And then we got uh, some Dacone or Camby, which changed his life. There have been multiple generations of these really exciting modulator drugs. So when he was two, there was the first generation medication for his age group that uh, was in trial. It wasn't approved by the FDA yet. And the closest medical center that offered the trial was at Stanford. So we called Stanford just out of the blue and asked if we could participate in Stanford's trial. And we, we did it. And it was a significant sacrifice, but it got that medication in him much sooner than if we had waited two to three more years for the FDA to approve it. And now we're on the third generation of that, you know, a similar drug that has changed his life and is changing lives of CF people all over the world. I can tell it helped my body. It's just my stomach didn't hurt as bad. It help my liver, my, I feel like I, my lungs expanded and could breathe so much more air. It is perhaps the most important medical advancement of the last 25 years. 
it is that significant. The drug is going into the cell and forcing it to behave more normally. I caught my miracle because I didn't know. It, all, all that good stuff could happen inside a tiny pill. To think about where we came from in the 50s and 60s with this disease when they were telling parents, you won't send your kid to kindergarten. Had no hope at all. And yet they just persisted. And because of that, we're the beneficiaries of that generational, sorry, I apologize. To now, his life expectancy appears to be unlimited. It's remarkable to think about all the effort and the blood and the sweat and the tears and the money and the sacrifice that has gone into developing one pill. Every chronic illness story has unsung heroes, and I would say that Jackson's, you know, the top of that list for Evan. God knew that we needed Jackson first, and not just for us, but I think for Evan's sake too. I try to help with whatever I can. Um, I play Madden against him and usually beat him. I like to whoop his butt in Madden. Sometimes I'll get his pills when mom and dad aren't home and stuff like that. Helping me do my treatments and helping me reach stuff when I'm on the therapy. What I do to show Evan that I love him is I'll just say I love him and I care for him. All the times that Evan's been hospitalized, like the person he most lights up to see is Jackson. Gets up and gives him a huge hug and they fall over together on the bed and that's been the case every time he's been hospitalized or every time he's been sick. Evan's really lucky to have him. I like BYU football because my my mom and dad went there in college and my grandma and grandpa went there and everyone else in my family did. Do you want to go there someday? Yes. You play football? Yes. So we are a BYU family. It's a big part of our life. We, we just love it. We've had so many amazing memories that circle around BYU football and BYU sporting events as a family. They brought us so much joy. I remember many times having being sick and, and us always sitting down. And, and one thing that we always try to do is watch the home games together, whether the, where you can go in person or be here and at the house watching it. There's one story that's kind of interesting. So Evan was heading up to Primary Children's. He was in pain, he was hurting, he was crying. And the only way he would stop crying was just singing the BYU fight song over and over and over. So he's just like singing the fight song, tears are streaming down his face, and he's doing the, you know, go cougar, like he's doing everything with the fight song as we drove up to Primary Children's. Recently, Evan got invited to come down for a day with the players. They call it True Blue Hero Day. And that was such a cool experience for Evan and our whole family, really. They were in practice, so they came and went over to me. They gave me like a couple, like hats and a water bottle and did the really cool stuff and shirts and clothes and stuff like that. Which yeah, is so much swag, it just kept coming. I, I don't know. know, I don't think I've seen him happier. No, like it, it was, was awesome. Just to see so that cool. genuine smile on his face. Those are the moments that we want to capture. Those are the moments we want to provide, and we couldn't have done it without BYU, and we're just so grateful to them for providing that experience for Evan. So I also got my Make-A-Wish. So what it is is I want to meet Zach Wilson in, in New York, and it got granted that day. So I am going to the, um, the New York Jets versus the... Um, Buffalo Bills. Welcome to the Jets Training Center. Jackson, nice to meet you. Thank you. We're so grateful to Make-A-Wish working with the New York Jets to make that such a cool experience for Evan. 
getting to see the team, getting to tour the stadium, getting to meet Zach Wilson, who's one of Evan's favorite players. Just an awesome experience. It's tough, man. These little kids that, you know, kind of have to go through these things are, are not easy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see how we can bring that joy to their lives of, you know, hanging out with them, talking ball with them, you know, whatever it is, inviting them to games. You get to see kind of how much it means means to them to be around us players, how we can be an influence for them. So, uh, you know, like my mom's always kind of taught me, use it, use it for the good, you know, allow football to kind of inspire others and help others through tough times and, and kind of what they're going through. CF has taught me that it's not easy going out in and out the hospital, but life is going to throw challenges at you and you just have to get through them. What an inspiration, Evan Allen, fantastic that uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and BYU were able to send him to see Zach in New York. You know, we, we, uh, we use words, you know, like tough to describe players and people, and then you see people like Evan yeah. that really let you know what tough really is. That was unbelievable. Love it. Yep, absolutely fantastic. Join Dave Blaine, David Bryan, and that guy, Spencer Linton, for BYU Sports Nation Game Days. They preview and get you ready for the New Mexico Bowl. Watch it on Saturday on BYU TV at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, a rise and shout-out to BYU's newest All-American. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Sports is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and listen to the podcast. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, will the transfer portal give more than it has taken away from BYU football this offseason? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Mark M. on Twitter answers, Yes, in the transfer portal, I trust. I agree. Quarterbacks at the top of the list. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It goes to Blake Freeland, AP All-American third team, well-deserved for Blake. Yeah, congratulations to Blake Freeland. Our thanks to today's guest, Tyler Batty. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Zed Mendenhall. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Station live in Albuquerque. Go Cougs.